Jason, mm-hmm. we are back in my basement. It and feels it, good. It is cold, though. It is extremely cold. So uh, I don't know if you've been following the weather lately. Have Have you been? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're in Michigan. We follow the weather minute to minute because it changes. Get this. There, last week, from Thursday morning until Saturday afternoon, there was an 80 degree change in temperature. <laughs> and I felt it. Isn't that crazy? People were out in shorts. No, well, consumers, consumers power and energy yeah. had one of their plants catch fire or something. And so they sent out an emergency. When wind chills were negative 35, they told everybody to lower their thermostats to 65. As like statewide. Did you get the emergency thing on your I phone? did. And I immediately said, I wish I could even get my house up to 65. <laughs> so people were like freaking out. All over Facebook and everything. Yeah, I remember that. But then come Saturday, it's 50 degrees outside, and I'm like, open that door. Let some of that air in. It's so warm outside. <laughs> like, It was pretty nutty. Like, and to have that transfer into Monday for work, like, I didn't even wear a jacket on Monday to work. And the previous week, I was in my, like, yeah. full winter gear, like, weighed down 15 pounds worth of uh winter gear on to stay warm well regular temps were like minus seven nine i think minus 15 With at that one wind, time and i was outside working dude oh my gosh no thank you never again yeah. there was a i, I except was, for next year when it happens all over again right so like so i work in in heating and cooling right and so like right now is our peak season like we were so busy i put well over 60 hours in last week with how cold it was but then you had to do a lot of sheet metal work to adapt the duct work and all these things so not only are you cold outside you're touching cold metal uh. all day <laughs> and i was like this is a better career this is a better career this is a better career Man. for me like just anyway oh my brother works for surf pro and that's that's a company that cleans up after disasters surf pro. and so he was showing me pictures of this house where this guy he lives in Texas. He's got a home up here in Michigan and he didn't have it properly winterized. Uh-oh. And so he had Uh-oh. 10 he had 10 pipes burst. Oh. And the pictures like you walk up to the house, like the the picture my brother showed me on the side of the house, it's all siding but between the second and first floor, it looks like a waterfall, glacier, like <laughs> Oh my god. Down the side of his house, his car and his garage, like the water leaked through the roof and it froze his car to the his to the ground in his garage. It completely destroyed. Everything was ripped down to the stru- the studs. Mm. My brother said the second floor was like an ice skating rink over carpet. Mm. And all that ice just built up in the insulation and just the whole ceiling just fell. Like and on the first floor. No. No. Yep. I'm telling you, man. Michigan winters, dude. It's not a thing to be trifled be with. My neighbor's basement flooded. Oh, no. And then all the mice from his house came into my house. Oh, shit. We have caught. Guess how many mice we've caught so far this winter? How many? You get a guess. Give me a number. A dozen. 23. 23? 23 freaking mice, dude. Can I tell you my mice catching story? Yeah. No joke. Straight out of a Looney... Tell everybody. Tell our listeners. Straight out of a Looney Tunes episode. So I lived in this house, old, built in 1900 house with my... Best friend, best man, Luke. He got he bought this house and he let me rent a room uh, in the house. 
and we had a mouse problem. It's an old house in the country. Mm-hmm. And so one day I'm noticing this mouse. I'm like watching TV in my bedroom, just chilling, sitting on my bed watching TV. And I notice this mouse is running along the wall in the same pattern every day. So what do I do? I get a box. I get some raisins and I get a stick with a string attached to the stick. <laughs> Straight up looking dudes. <laughs> and then sure enough, he's walking that path. And he's like, oh, well, there's some raisins there. Did you watch it unfold? Oh, you could have no. YouTube that thing. So here's the thing, though. So I had the string in my hand. Oh, okay. And so it's like, you know, one of those sticks that's shaped like a Y propping yeah. up the box. And then sure enough, he's, he takes the bait and he starts eating the raisins. And I just go, pull the string. And I'm like, got him. Nice. Didn't kill him. I let him outside. Actually, I tried to crush him first in the box. I'm like, yeah, it's not going to work. I just let him outside. Uh, I see, felt I, bad. Uh, I felt bad, too, because I, I caught a mouse in our living room. Just one, just a little guy, too. And I trapped him under uh, a tub, like a, a, a little clear plastic tub. And um, then I slipped a piece of cardboard underneath of it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he's in the tub and I flushed him down the toilet. Oh, <laughs> you jerk. I know it. He was trying so He's hard. Andy Dufresne now. That mouse's name is Andy oh, Dufresne. He was trying so hard Crawl to Crawl through out. a mile of shit to come out clean on the <laughs> other side. Maybe he survived. Maybe he did. Oh, man. Anyway. I took the boys sledding. Yeah. Can I tell my sledding story? Absolutely. So why not? We're sledding and we take a break from sledding. First of all, this sledding hill was just perfect. It's in Davison, mm. right around the corner from our house. And nobody else was there. And we had this giant hill to ourselves and it's all surrounded by woods. It's just beautiful. Like I sledded down the hill and fell off my sled and just laid on my back. I'm staring up at the gray sky, and I can just hear my children playing, like, next to the forest. And I was like, it was like a moment of worship, dude. Because all of a sudden really you get slammed spiritual. by a kid in a sled. Well, it after that, we had a snowball fight, and I learned that my middle child, Gunner, he packs his snowballs and then wipes his nose. <laughs> With the snowball and then throws it at you. <laughs> That's a dirty ball right there. That, yeah, slime. Slime ball. He slimed me. But the kids had a solid week off of school because we got that giant snowstorm. We got, I don't like nine inches. Something like yeah. that. Eight, nine inches. Depending on where you live, yeah. It was like five where I was. And then near Flint. after that... It was just too cold to go to school. Yeah, they shut the schools down because when it's negative 20 wind chill, bye-bye. Yeah. Nothing runs properly. My Subaru ran properly, though. Did it? Yeah. So my kids I were home all week with my wife, whom I thought was going to kill them. <laughs> like, I'm surprised they made it through the week. It was <laughs> It was a rough go. Yeah, because they can't go outside. That's the thing. It's not like summertime. Like, they literally cannot go outside because you get frostbite within 10 minutes. Yeah. So, you know, like, to get Ada all dressed up to go outside is a pain. Yeah. And then picture that to come back in, like, 30 seconds later because it was just too cold. Yeah. But Won't do it. That kind of got me thinking about our topic today. Yeah, absolutely. 
and it's the topic that everybody knows, but no one wants to talk about. Yeah, and that topic is loving, loving difficult, difficult people. people, like your children. <laughs> like they're my home children. all week <laughs> from school. Yeah. I love them, but gosh, they're uh, difficult. Uh, <laughs> gosh darn it, they're difficult, <laughs> ain't they? Very nineteen fifties. I loved it. <laughs> Your kid's bothering you. Send him out in the cold. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, so you've been... You, this, there's, there's kind of some recent stuff happening in my life that kind of made me want to talk about this topic. But um, I think it's something that we need to discuss because uh, we live in a world with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, We do? Yes. Soon to be it's, AI. <laughs> But keep don't, going. Don't even bring it up, man. 2035, we reach singularity and we all die. We need... Maybe we need to do another conspiracy No, episode. we don't. We really don't. There's still tinfoil left in the box. We I'm don't, need, at it right we don't now. need to do another one. I'm looking at the box right now full of tinfoil. So, but yeah, in, in all honesty, so we live in, a, we live in a world where there's people in it. And then also because of sin, because of just circumstance and things, sometimes they can be difficult. Uh, whether that's just their personality, don't mesh, or maybe they struggle with a mental illness or something like that. Just sometimes people are difficult. And what in the world do we do with difficult people in the church, in our lives, in our families? Oh, family's the toughest. So Jason and I kind of wanted to share some of our experiences, what we've learned, what questions we have. Because I got tons of questions. And solid advice coming from two guys who couldn't Couldn't make make it it as pastors. So, (laughs) dear listener, sit back and listen to the greatest episode you'll ever hear. This is not your pastors. I don't want to talk about any more episode. Alright, so before we dive into the episode, before we start drinking our delicious glasses of whiskey, we wanted to say a thank you and also do a promotion. Can we give can we give a little applause? Nice. We did that in unison where it didn't even sound like it, it just sounded like clap, 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 <laughs> clap your hands, everybody clap your hands. Anyway, Carrie Jellick, you are awesome. You our lone patron for the longest time. Yes. And you helped us out big time. Whether yeah, you, you helped us keep this podcast rolling. So, like, sometimes you may think, oh, my money doesn't do anything for this podcast. It most certainly did. Yeah. The reason that we are here and going today is Carrie Jellick. Yep. Straight up. Like. Straight up. So, oh, did it stop? No, we're still going. Oh, you were playing with your... I See, know now it. I know how you feel. I know it. When you start playing with your computer. Yeah. Dang. Anyway, so... Well, that's one of the things. Is, it's your support helps us get new gear. And yeah. I decided to revamp our Patreon because we had it broken up into tiers and we had incentives, which let's face it, Alex, you and I are busy. There ain't no way we have any more time than just to do an episode a week. I know it. And there's there's reasons why we don't have things like a community message board. We just don't have time to manage it. We got families. But we still need your support. 
Yeah. For helping with gear, for helping with promotion. So I've changed the Patreon to where you can only do a dollar a month. Our, I have it set up so you could pay up front and just support us with 12 bucks and just cover us for the year. And I also have it capped at 100 people. And I think that's important because that's honestly, that's all the money we need to sustain the podcast. So our goal is to find 100 people willing to no- donate a dollar a month. Wow. 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 <laughs> you knew it was coming. Uh, so, yeah. So you can support us at Patreon backslash forward slash one of the slashy things, NYPP. And we would appreciate it very much. It really does help. Yeah. You know what also helps is five-star reviews. Ooh, five-star reviews. Give us those five-star reviews. We have yet to get one in 2019, and I am itching. Yeah. Itching like I got a disease, Jason. We need to a 2019. One. Yeah, we need we need one for 2019. Absolutely. So the, the rule goes, if you leave us a five-star review, leave a comments on the Apple iTunes podcast app, I have to read it. Whatever you write, I have to read it. I don't know how much more, like egging on you want from me if this podcast does nothing else but just reaches one person with one of fives what a load of crap oh my gosh nobody ever thinks that do they is that a real thing maybe i don't know it might be if you hear the pastor deliver his sermon yeah if this sermon just he's standing in front of a crowd of like 300 if this just reaches one person just tugs on those heartstrings is that true or not? It might be true. It might be I'm true. trying to recall if I've ever said that. If it just reaches one person, it's all worth it. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, leave us a five-star review. I have to read it. It's going to be fun. We've had lots of fun with all the, the five-star reviews that we've read thus far on the podcast. Yeah, so. so you leaving the reviews gets us more listener. You helping support us financially Helps us do things like get amazing interviews, which, Alex, we haven't done an interview in a while. Yeah. And you and I just ran through the calendar for the rest of this month and next month. We got some interviews. We're busy. We got got some interviews. We got some stuff. And can I, like, break our protocol? We never announce a guest. I'm so nervous. But, yeah, you announcing it. It's gonna not come to fruition. We've, I know it. We've done. It. Should I? Should I say something? Or do it. Just I do not? it. Well, today we're talking about loving difficult people. Yeah. And Alex, there's no way we can cover this topic in one episode. No. Uh, and we we didn't plan this out as a series, but I think just over the next couple of months, like just randomly, we're gonna throw in an episode on loving difficult people. And I have been working since last September. To I'm serious. Line up an interview with Carrie Rawson. Who is Carrie Rawson? She Real quick, short bio. Is the daughter of the BTK killer. Oh. She's got a new book out, A Serial Killer's Daughter. Oh my gosh. And you want to talk about loving difficult people. Her dad murdered 10 people. <laughs> like it doesn't and she uh-huh. loves her dad. And I love that she loves her dad. I think her story is amazing. I watched her like last Friday. She was on ABC on 2020. And it's kind of blowing my mind that somebody that we have an interview set up was just on 2020 and Good Morning America. And 
a bunch of other stuff. Like we that would be a first for our podcast. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've had some fantastic guests on, but not like right in the middle of their media heyday. Right. Which is what she's going through now. Her story is amazing. And by saying all this stuff, pretty much guarantees that the interview is not going to happen. <laughs> but the fact that it might happen is enough for you to chime in and listen and yes. give us a five-star review and your money on Patreon. <laughs> Absolutely. All that goes to help. And so, Alex, I mean, let's, let's, let's dig into this. Loving, difficult people. What, what brought this on? Uh, well, okay. Uh, so I was thinking, I was asked a direct question of a while ago. I was challenged by my pastor, and he, he had a group of us who were um, who were all interested in becoming pastors at one time. And he, uh, what are you pointing at? The Phantom. Don't you need that on? What are you, Channel One? No, I'm not Channel One. I'm but Channel One. I don't need Phantom Power. You got Phantom Power? I have Phantom Power. We're good, dude. I, it's, I, it's all I just recording. didn't see the light, and I'm sorry. Wait, you didn't see the light. <laughs> I was, <laughs> one might say I was blinded by the light. Where was I at? You totally broke my uh, train of you, thought. You were tr- okay, so challenged he, by he, a pastor. Yeah, he challenged us. He said, who do you have the most difficulty loving or connecting with or reaching out to? And I think it might have gone into like Paul and Peter in Galatians. Peter is having a hard time intermingling with the Gentiles. He, he wants to stay with what he's known and what he's comfortable with. Right. And um, in that vein, he's asking, who do you have difficulty with? And I immediately said, rich people. Oh. I don't like rich people. Well, good thing I'm I, not going to become rich anytime I soon. I used to. <laughs> I could say that's who I used to be. And I, I want to tell you, I'll, I'll tell you what, what happened to change that. But at the time, yeah, I don't like rich people. They don't get it. They don't understand. I didn't grow up with a lot of money. My parents were divorced. Um, not to bring shame on any of that subject because it worked out really good. But I didn't grow up with a lot of money. My mm. dad didn't grow up with a lot of money. We come from a line of poor people. We go visit family. We're poor. Like there's there's poor people in the family. And rich people, to me, they never get it. And it always made me angry. I'd see rich people at school, and I'd get frustrated. I'd see rich people at church, and I'm like, they can't get it. And he was just like, that's interesting. Um, I mean, our pastor didn't have any problem operating in that world. He, he thought it was interesting. Um, but I had signed up for a mission trip to go to Jordan and went with four other guys mm-hmm. and three of them very wealthy. <laughs> and I thought my first thought was fantastic. This is going to be great. Like I was so frustrated because now I've, I've got to be around rich people and listen to them. And this is going to be stupid and ridiculous. I'm going to be so annoyed. I'm going to be angry all the time. And then the funny thing about mission trips is with you, when you're alone with people, you get isolated with them. You get to hear their stories. You get to know who they are, where they come from. And dude, I was way wrong. Hmm. Like my initial thoughts on these people were so far off that 
it was incredibly humbling. Mm. And it just like everything else with this stupid podcast, like the moment I want to say, yeah, God doesn't work through that. God doesn't work that way. I've got God figured out. Nope, he uses exactly what I think is lame and stupid. What I think is ridiculous. What I think the failures of the church, which God could never use, uh, he does. <laughs> and it's like, it's humbling every time. It kind of reminds me of a person who really hated a certain people group in the Old Testament, Jonah. Oh, yeah. Jonah hated the Ninevites. Now, he hated them so much, he didn't want to go preach to them. And the reasoning was, he's goes, he says, because God, you're a loving and merciful God. And if I preach to them, they'll change and repent. And I don't want that. <laughs> I don't want them to. <laughs> I don't want them to. That's a really interesting question. Like, who who do you have the hard hardest time loving? Yeah. Do you, what type of people? Do you have one? That, I'm, I'm trying to th- When you asked the question just now, or remembering the question, I'm trying to think of who do I have a hard time loving. And I, I mean, I shared a past one, which is easy. I got a current one, too. I don't know if I want to share my current one, honestly. that's No, that's totally fine. Right now, I'm having a hard time. <laughs> I can tell you, uh, in in recent past, I found that even though um, certain types of addicts, I had a hard time loving, just because even though we did a lot of addictions ministries, yeah, there was sometimes like there's like a certain personality type or like a certain way they would act. Like, I'm like, I have a hard time connecting with oh. you because I just know it could be so frustrating. I, and that's, that's part of the reason why I wanted to do this episode is because I know there's a lot of people out there and especially what is it? Like more people are going to die of opioid overdose than what? Well, there was a recent statistic that came out that if current trends continue, more people will die of opioid overdose than the other Man, I wish I knew. I can't. I'm blanking. I'm blanking right now. But anyway, the opioid epidemic that's going on right now in the United States. Um, there's a giant ju- drug problem, an addiction problem. So, and, like, there's there's ministries out there to try and help people struggling with addictions. And you and I have been a part of that. And our, our church has a fantastic one. And currently. I found that it was super difficult when you would get down to the, the nitty gritty of it. Because, yeah, sometimes you can go to a, a drug recovery home and preach, but when you're actually meeting with somebody at least once a week, like I was doing for a little bit, like, it just got super draining. What's really hard is is you think you're making progress with somebody, and they don't change, because that addiction is so unbelievably stinking hard and stubborn. Like it doesn't, like you think you're making progress with somebody and you're not, you're not at all. And then it feels, you feel like a failure. You feel like it was a waste of time. You feel manipulated. You feel used because they'll, they'll, they will definitely do that. Man, it's, so I'll tell this story. This story is this far enough removed. I still think about it from time to time. And I actually kind of maybe learned a Bible lesson out of it. Cause I, I told our pastor, my boss at the time, what had happened and just kind of I needed some comfort. I needed some reassurance from him to yeah. kind of like, should I keep doing what I'm doing? Did I do something wrong? There was a addict that I was I kind of connected with because he came up to me and he was talking to me and he seemed like he knew some stuff. He seemed like he knew like I have a problem and I need Jesus and 
we'd met and got coffee several times, and then it was just drug recovery home after drug recovery home he would get kicked out of. I put my neck out on the line for him to get him into one of the best in the um, in the city of Flint called Life Challenge, which is a it's a stricter one for sure, but it's heavily Bible centered, Christian centered. I never worked with Life Challenge. I don't think I really like those guys. They're I mean, you basically go there and you come out with a Bible. You come in and you go in an attic. You come out with a Bible degree. That's how it. Like no, those guys. Strict. Yeah, but they're they're pretty strict. But I mean, their relapse for people who've actually completed the program relapse percentage is very slim. Um. They don't get a lot of guys who relapse who actually graduate from the program. That's interesting. So, Most of those programs are heavily re- routine based. Yes, and like, so are you're going to strip everything you know and just. And so I, I even routine. vouch. I remember sitting in the, I remember sitting in the office with the director and saying, "Please let this guy in," and they let him in, and he was there for a week, and he left, and then. Then he calls me and is basically saying, I, I'm not going to do any of those drug recovery home things. Those don't work for me. That doesn't work. I'm going to let you and this other guy that I was kind of partnering up with, a guy who helped me out a lot at the church when I first hired in at Flint, you guys are going to be my recovery group. You guys are going to... And he started Accountability up, partners. He started putting all this stuff on me. Now, at the time, I got a brand new wife. I've got a house. I've got this... All these responsibilities at this new church job that you're I probably have. eager to help too. I was eager like to you... help, but at the same time, I'd been dealing with him for the past six months, picking him up from some dumpy trailer where there's just vodka bottles all over the place, and I knew he'd just been on a bender. Yeah, and getting him into the Salvation Army down in Detroit because they kicked him out of the one in Flint. Like all this stuff and just trying to help and help and help. And then finally, I just said, I can't be your accountability group. You can't you can't put that on me. I can't be there for you like some of these people can. And he got freaking pissed. Mm. And he basically cussed me out on the phone and said, I'm only doing this church job. And the only reason why we opened up a church in Flint was because of the money, which I'm like, then why didn't we open up in Rochester, dude? <laughs> yeah. Rochester, Michigan would have been a way better choice. Uh, I'm pretty sure it wasn't for the money. There's, it, there's no money. I took to a be huge had. pay cut. Um, and I still think about him from time to time and wonder how he's doing. His, his whole plan was to get out of Michigan because it was too cold uh, and go to Florida and start over essentially there. But he basically said, don't talk to me. Don't contact me which i tried to contact him through a letter and i sent it to this last known address which i don't know if he even got it and i haven't heard from him since and that was a a part for me where the whole process i'm trying to love him i'm trying to give him some words of encouragement from jesus because my words ain't gonna help i tried to just encourage him with with christ and try and love him the best way i knew how to and in the end it kind of fell it didn't pan out. It didn't pan. It wasn't like the happy recovery story that some people get. And that's when I, I went and talked to our pastor. And I said, what? What the hell do you do with that? I mean, I didn't say hell. I would probably tell him now. I'd be like, what the hell happened with that, man? Yeah. And he brought up the verse. It's something maybe we can discuss. 
he brought up the verse in Matthew 7, verse 6, that says, Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before swine, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. And his whole explanation for that was like, you can't just keep giving the best of yourself to this guy if you're if the if what you're getting in return is just him trampling on it and destroying it and every time you stick your neck out for him he tramples it again and i understand that we need to do that sometimes and we are going to do that and it's going to fall on deaf ears sometimes and people aren't going to listen but i do think there is a point where you can say not anymore there's got to be a point where there's got to be a boundary somebody take some responsibility or the other party. Like, I think he did everything he could do in that situation. And at some point they got to, they got to want it for themselves. Mm. Maybe admit they have a problem. And well, that's a problem. He knew he had a problem. He yeah. Just, his solution for the problem was a, was unfeasible. I don't want to blow all my stories all at once, <laughs> but there's another story. And this one pertains to my wife and, uh, my wife was helping somebody out and, Oh, my wife has one of these stories too. I've heard <laughs> you, you've told me about this cause I told you about the story my wife had when she was, um, assigned to disciple a woman at our church. It was, it was essentially a discipleship thing. And my wife helped this woman out, drove her to, she had chronic pain, in certain areas of her body. And so she might, and after she got her pain meds given to her, she couldn't drive. Uh, so my wife, I don't know how many times my wife drove her down to the clinic to get the pain meds and all this stuff. And it just got to the point where my wife continually felt used. And then she didn't know how to have a relationship with this person. She did suffer from a mental illness that, I mean, Shauna gave all she could give, but this person also wasn't, I don't know if maybe I don't like using the frame. It's like she wasn't taking her medicine like she should have as prescribed or something, something along those lines. It just got to the point where whenever Shauna was with this person, she didn't like who she became. Mm. And my wife has kind of developed her and I have kind of developed this, this language in certain words that we use uh, in conversations with one another. And when she uses this particular word, I know that it's done. Like we have to, cut ties or something drastic has to happen. And when she ever uses the word, this person has become toxic to me. Mm -hmm. I know that that's a key word for, okay, something needs to happen because when she's, because my wife is not a, my wife is like one of the most wonderful people ever. Like she's one of the most nicest people. She's just so loving and caring and give you the shirt off her back if she could. All these things. But when she starts saying that this person makes me think this way now or is making me have bad thoughts or is making me not. And I kind of felt the same way, too, about this about this guy. It gets to a point where their interaction with us is no longer. I don't want to say beneficial, but because, I mean, when you're dealing with sinful people like you're going to be hung up to dry sometimes. But I think using the word toxic means now their personality and what they are doing to themselves is affecting you and how you think. That might be a time where loving somebody who's difficult, you may not be able to do it anymore. You are not able to do it. 
I don't you, know. You got to cut them off and set some boundaries. Right. And that's another word we, we've been using a lot lately is boundaries. Boundaries. Yeah, because part of you would like to chase after them and keep holding their hand. Well, like, so and you, sometimes that might not be the most beneficial thing for them. Right. Oh, man. It's, what do we call that? Tough love? Oh, man. Well, th- what about that story in 1 Corinthians? I know a lot of older people who have had to exercise some ridiculously tough love with their own children. Because their children just aren't getting it. Yeah. Failure to launch or not even that. Just And we see it more, too, in the world of drug addicts. Drug addicts are tough, and it's not that we don't love them. Um, we see change. Like, we've had Jed on here from Church and Other Drugs, fantastic podcast. Awesome guy. And yeah. he, he will tell you, he has an excellent episode. Man, they've got so many episodes now, but if you go back to where he interviews his mom, <laughs> it's so funny, but it shows how much of a burden he was on his mom until to the point where they had to just they had to stop because they weren't they were no longer helping him they were they were hurting him by continuing to support him mm. and there was a point where they just had to say hey I can't I'm sorry yeah I've heard some mothers say that to their sons it's bad it's tough well they it reminds me of that story and well I guess this is kind of more of like a church discipline story. But that story in 1 Corinthians where they, they give that guy over to Satan, the guy that was sleeping with his stepmom, I think was the... Something like that, yeah. Something weird like that. But his father's wife. So yeah, stepmom? Possibly. Or or his mom. Anyway, it's weird either way. Uh, shouldn't do it. <laughs> either way. I do not recommend. <laughs> but I've always was wondered about that because it that's some tough love right there like give him over to satan so that he may his body might be destroyed and that he oh might be gosh. redeemed eventually maybe come back to his senses oh, those and are such tough words i know and i don't i know you try to you try to read those in with like pray for your enemy like love your enemy well like you read this the stories of jesus and he's constantly he's constantly dealing with people who want to kill him and he's still on the cross father forgive them for they know not what they do oh forgiveness is such a gigantic word i think about the the rich young ruler right i've used that analogy many times or that story many times but like he comes i don't know how difficult he was he just comes to jesus and says how can i get eternal life and jesus tells him he doesn't get it and he just the rich young ruler just eventually walks away can't figure it out i don't know if that applies here but that's that's the first story that comes to mind where jesus is kind of like this is how to this is how to do it dude this is how to get eternal life follow me yeah and he just doesn't do it he tells him everything he needs to know in one sentence yeah sell everything you have and come follow me doesn't get much simpler than that Oh, that, that plays into my rich people thing. <laughs> <laughs> See, it uh, says it right there, man. Yeah. How much do you make six figures? Sell all your crap. It's easy for a camel to get through the eye of a needle. You ever see that SNL skit where they're actually fitting a camel through the eye of a needle? It's hilarious. It's so old. But they've got they've got this gigantic needle and they're putting this camel through it. 
That's <laughs> hilarious. Uh, oh my gosh. Oh, but man, I you read that parable and the thing that comes after it is I never re- really read the end of it. And the end of it is the disciples saying, then who can enter? If he can't enter, who can enter? And he says, with God, all things are possible. So anybody can enter Ending, with God. Yeah, with God, yeah. On your own, by your own merits, it's going to be hard. Probably not going to do it. Probably impossible. Uh, but with God, all things are possible. I'm thinking of a really bad sermon um, that I heard on that text. Oh, yeah? Some. Uh, you know what my original idea for this podcast was? What? For you and me to Beavis and Butthead style, listen to sermons and comment over the top of them. <laughs> just, I just figured they'd all get pulled. But what, what's this terrible sermon you're talking he about? Ba- so I'm the, interested the pastor said, and just to say this, if he's listening. <laughs> oh my gosh, is that a local dude? <laughs> he's probably not listening. I just want to say, because it was awful, you you missed the mark. Sorry. <laughs> you have sinned. <laughs> he kind of turned it into like a a uh, like self-help speech. Uh, and instead of saying, like, see, it says impossible. What if you break that word down? It says, I'm possible. <laughs> that's so bad. <laughs> that's, that's, and so here's the that's thing. That's worse than I thought. I'm sitting in the back. <laughs> Possible. I'm sitting in the back <laughs> row of the church oh, no. at Flint. I'm sitting in the back row, and I literally just got done doing Matthew 19 at the Salvation Army the Thursday before. I almost wanted to get up and say, I got it from here. Oh, my gosh. I've been like that Because I mine points to Jesus. Sorry. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm, I was so pissed. Yeah, I but, know that feeling in my complete arrogance to, like, Okay, you need to you need to sit down. I'll I'll finish. <laughs> like I've, I, I've definitely had those thoughts from time to time. It's truth talk. Truth talk with Jason and Alex. <laughs> if we get an angry email, I know who it's from. Oh man! So we're talking about loving difficult people, and man, we we definitely just dove headfirst into a ministry aspect and talked about some difficult people. I think there's on a simpler level, I mean, politics, you see, you know, you're, you know who I can't stand <laughs> people who so you know Alex, I, opening up. <laughs> here's, here's who I can't stand. Here's who I have a hard time loving. I figured it out. Okay. People who are so die hard for their damn side. Oh, like just guess what? Nobody's side is perfect. Oh my gosh. I want to be Democrat so bad. <laughs> I'm trying so hard. Like, I, first of all, I don't, I wouldn't identify as a conservative anymore. I don't know. I, I try to go right down the middle with all things. So a moderate. Uh, yeah. Moderate maybe with some left leanings. Yeah. But then I hear some things like Trump will do something stupid and then the, I'll listen to the Democrat side and be like, Oh yeah, his approval ratings are going down. We gotta like, no, you don't. They're not going down. You're naive. You're stupid. You thought Hillary was gonna win. That was dumb. And you still, like, you're still clinging. But man, you gotta be coming up with a plan B or something. Cause plan A, 
of just demolishing the guy isn't going to work. Like, you got to. You, <sighs> I'm just I'm just over the people that are all out for their side. Like, when your side does something good, say it. When your side does something bad, say it. Yeah. I'm. That's why I'm kind of to the point where I'm just like, well, and, and also those people don't want to discuss ideas and topics. Well, too, they've they've made the our media and Facebook and ad placement, whatever you want to call it, echo chambers that we've created, they've taken the middle and they polarized it. So you have right wing conservative nut jobs. You have liberals and then you have leftists who are so far out there. They're the almost the same. Like, far left and far right are almost the same person. Like, they're so wrong and so ridiculous. But then you take a topic that's kind of like right down the middle and it gets polarized. Like, it might be a shade to the left or a shade to the right and immediately it's far right, far left. Uh, Not to get into politics, but man, that's one of those things. Bring back Lincoln. Bring. <laughs> Sorry, Bring, I don't want... it can be difficult to. I remember talking to one of my 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 a friend I made, uh, who who lives in the country of Jordan, who lives in the Middle East, and I was talking about Trump. I was like, "Yeah, I'm really sorry about our president," and he's like, "Yeah, Obama was terrible." <laughs> For I mean, Ob- I think Obama did a lot of great things here, but Middle Eastern policy, um. Ask Middle Eastern people what they think about it, because as, you know, countries in Jordan who are just sitting there idle and watching Iran just get loaded up with nukes and and money and everything else, they they think a little bit differently than we do about Obama. So he's like, name a good president. And I go, Abraham Lincoln. (laughs) He's like, give me somebody more recent. Like, who do you think is a good president? (laughs) They're all a little. Even Lincoln is polarizing to some people. Anyway, getting off topic. Yeah. I've just I've watched Lincoln twice this week. I'm kind of well versed. Yeah, you know the Lincoln, do you? Just Daniel Day Lewis's version. <laughs> <laughs> I just like that movie. Okay, gosh, leave me alone. We're definitely we're definitely off topic. Um, so loving difficult people, and I think we've given some good stories. Um, I unfortunately can probably give a bad story that may be beneficial to some uh, listening uh, because there's some things that aren't worth um, separating or dividing over. Oh, well, yeah, for sure. There are some things that aren't, they're not worth it I mean, you talk about setting up boundaries and there are totally some things that are worth setting up boundaries. If somebody is mentally or physically or verbally abusive to the point where they become topic, you need to set up some boundaries. You mean toxic. You said topic. When they become topic. When they become toxic. When they become topical and they're just on the top of your skin. The listeners (laughs) knew. When they become surface level. When you get some topical lotion, when they get to that level. Yeah. You knew what I meant. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. When he broke it down that way, mm-hmm. I, mean, I utterly confused people. Yeah. That's the whiskey talking. Uh, there, There's definitely a point 
uh, where you need to set up boundaries and separate. And there are some things that you no, know, no, you shouldn't. And I see I, that's the tough thing. Is so how do you decide? So sometimes, like, so whenever Shauna and I have had to do that, we got to a decision, and it was not a decision that we made lightly. It took weeks, maybe months, in a particular situation, um, years for me. Mm-hmm. Um, this is something that we did prayerfully, and it was kind of like we said, okay, as long as this line isn't crossed, then we're not gonna we're not gonna proceed to to the next step. And then when the line was crossed, it was like it even still took time for us to say. We can't keep going like this. And then it was something that that we did prayerfully. It wasn't something that we just decided like one day, like, all right, this is the day we're going to do it. Blah, 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 blah. It was something that we prayed about. It was something that we considered. And even after we made the decision, my God, do I feel guilty? Yeah. Because that's just not who Shauna and I are. Shauna and I wanted love people like Jesus. Like that's the, that's the prayer that I always say over my family. Like help us to love people more, help us to love Jesus more. That's the prayer that I do with Ada almost every night. Just that's the general message of the gospel is a message of reconciliation, a message of restoration to be a peacemaker. Blessed are the peacemakers. Um, we talked about it last week or the week before where, you know, listed among all the most like grievous sins in the Bible, division's one of them. So when you say we don't make that decision lightly, there's a lot to that. Um, man, I've got a really poor example. Like the more I thought about it, the more it was on me and less on the person who did it. And um, that's my mom. And this, like, this story sucks. And damn it, I hope she doesn't listen <laughs> ever. I don't think she listened to her. It's, fu- it's funny, you know what? It's a quick side note. Yeah. Your dad has told me, he's like, I've listened to every one of your episodes at least twice. The only one I haven't listened to is the porn one. <laughs> Which I told him not to listen my, to. Because <laughs> Jason said in the episode, dad shut it off. And I listened. I totally listened. Your dad. Hats <laughs> off to Dave Duncan. Yeah. It's so funny. He, he Just tells everybody me. take a cue from that. If we tell our family to shut an episode off, you need to shut it off. <laughs> <laughs> it's about to get real. Oh, But this one's... This story might come off more as a public apology. Um, man, my my mom made a, a life choice, which I thought was sinful and that I disagreed with. And when I talked to the elders of my church at the time... Oh, was this ultra-conservative church? Ultra-conservative okay, church. Okay, well, that's, that's why. You some particularly... Bad in, bad intel. An elder's wife helped me make this decision. You listen to a woman. Too. I know it. In I th- a conservative church. How I dare know you? It. I know, dude. I think about that all the time because <laughs> at this particular church, women were, no, you are nothing. That's why I think it's a little funny. Uh, and I listened to her advice because she had done the same with her one of her own children. And looking back on it, the way she treated her own child is far worse than I treated my own mom. (laughs) 
but it was because of her counsel that I made the decision that I did. So my mom made a life choice, which I thought was sinful, um, which I took personally, which I shouldn't have because it wasn't, she wasn't doing anything to harm me physically, verbally, mentally. There was no harm on me. Like her decision did not affect me at all. Hmm. Um, but me and my like arrogance, um, it was sinful and we must destroy sin. <laughs> we must separate ourselves from sin and sinful people. And I did for two years. Oh man. Two fucking years I lost with my mom. Like, and that sucks. Um, because it wasn't, it wasn't worth it. Mm. In no way, shape, or form was it worth it to be separated for those. It may not have been a full two years. It was long enough. It was long enough, and it was heartbreaking, and it was emotional, and it was me giving an ultimatum based on what I considered a sin. Which is so ridiculous and so stupid. Like I said, this this didn't affect me at all. This, I just didn't want to be associated with the sin. Mm. And I didn't want my kids to grow up around it. I didn't want to have to explain things. And looking back on it now, it's so stupid because our family's fully restored. And I apologized and we're normal family. Um but at the time, I said, you'll never see your grandchildren again <laughs> over something so minuscule and ridiculous. And I held to that until I talked to another pastor in that same conservative church. So in that same conservative church, we got a new pastor. And I told him everything that was going on because it was eating away at me. It really was. I was like, yeah. And Some may say the Holy Spirit. This particular elder's wife said, you know, don't, you can't associate. You got to cut him off. And, and the pastor goes, that's stupid. <laughs> He's like, my parents have made lots of dumb life decisions. I can't imagine cutting them off for something so st- right mundane. Uh, all this to say they're... Like, you can easily take it too far, which is why when I was thinking back on it, was my, like, you used the word toxic, our topic, (laughs) you used the word toxic, was my mom being toxic? No. Was she doing what was best for her? Actually, yeah, (laughs) which was really, it's really complex and really hard to understand because I read the Bible so black and white that the decision she made, I thought, I just, I made too many assumptions and was so easily divided and eager, I guess, to to point this thing out and live it out. And we did. Um... All that to say, like, I've I've come up with a couple of things since then to make sure some safeguards 
to make sure that doesn't happen again. <laughs> I don't know if they actually work. I'm not a pastor and I haven't tested them. Um, I think that's the thing, though. Like, this is not something that should be done, like, on the reg. No. Like, this is, like, maybe once or twice in your life this has happened. This is last resort. Like, to the point where you're going to, like, separate from somebody. I think it's a last resort thing. I don't think it's a first resort. And so, to be honest, my wife and I have done this. Where she said that somebody was toxic. I'm trying to think of the best way to... We've only done that once. The The story that I tur- told earlier, he didn't want anything to do with me and he was moving away. I'm like, all right, bye. Like, There's not was, a whole lot you can do in that situation. So... There's a situation right now that I'm going through where it's... I want the reconciliation so bad. Yeah. And it's what we pray for to happen. And... I'm not I'm not to the point where I'm like I don't ever want to see this person again anything. I actually since we've made the decision to kind of temporarily give give each other some space um my wife and I have been looking up where can we get some counseling? Yeah. And it's not my wife by the way. Sean and I are still together. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "Oh man, are you and Shauna going through <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just <laughs> it's it's not Shauna. By the way, current current me and Shauna still really like each other. We're gonna go on a hiking trip later this year for my thirtieth. Oh, birthday. you won't like each other after that. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Anyway, um Anytime I've ever tried to like, hey Jess, let's go for a walk and no. <laughs> Jess is into glamping. Actually, we're not into camping at all. See, we, we prefer the hotel. I'm, I'm looking at $500 hammock tents, okay? And I'm trying to think of, wow, how much money could I borrow from the bank to get that? <laughs> like A $500 hammock tent? Just get yourself a nice hotel. You're only going to use that hammock tent once. Shush. Let's be honest. Shush. You're going to use it one it. weekend. I don't want to hear it. I want it, okay? I just, <laughs> I just want it. That's it. Toxic. Bye. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> That was the sound of me walking up the stairs. <laughs> anyway, to, to 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 get back from using my defense mechanism of comedy to get back to something real. <laughs> you just turn everything into a joke, and it's all okay. Yeah, um, we're we're not to that point yet, and I don't want. I don't even. The the problem is, I don't even want to think of a world where we where we say we're done. We can't do this anymore, period. So it's 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 not something that should be done regularly. It should actually be something that to make the decision comes with some heartbreak in it. I want I want to say some heartache a little bit. Gosh, I feel like this should be like I don't know, man. This is tough to say. It's just. It just it's, it just has to be. It just can't be a, a decision made on a whim. No, life is way too short just to to cut people out because of you. You've been pissed at them for so long. Yeah. 
Oh man, I was listening to some TED Talks, and I man, I wish I had the names and links. Maybe I can find it, and I'll put a link in the show description if I can find it. But this TED Talk where this guy, um, he works in bereavement. Um, he's with and has studied patients as they're about to die, like one week out, two weeks out, and he studied their dreams. One week out. That's nutty. From I mean, these are these are people who cancer, illness, they've got weeks to live, and they've given him permission to come in and record their dreams. So they have a dream, and he's there at the end of their life, and he's examined hundreds of patients, and um, reconciliation at the end of your life, there's something there, man. There is something there that you need to reconcile with before you go. And that sounds so weird and spiritual. Um, not that this guy was a spiritual guy, but he actually, I think in there, he said, I grew up a spiritual guy. <laughs> so maybe he was, uh, I don't know. It's been a while since I listened to it. Um, but before these people could move on, they had to they had to take care of business, and it was often taken care of in their dreams. So insane. Like, they'd have the same dream, the same nightmare over and over again, and then they'd get to a point where they would have a dream where everything would be okay, and then within 24 hours, they're gone and happy. Like, so... Like, the brain patterns? Like, is that what you're saying? No, just the individual, just... So would the individual wake up and be like, I had this dream again? Yeah. It'd be like, it'd be like weeks of, uh, this person was miserable, this person was depressed, and then they have this dream where everything was made right, and they would have a handful of days of just happiness, and then they would go. But it's like that that was that last thing. And usually it often revolved around a loved one who had already passed because they're older in age. And there was no chance of physically reconciling with this person. But all that to say, I mean, there's there's like life events where... Um, you have differences, you're at odds with somebody in your family, and then you see somebody who's close to both of you pass away, and you're like, shit. Don't put that on me right now, man. I didn't... Ah. What, did, what did I just do? Like, I just divided, and what I thought was a big deal probably wasn't a big deal. I'm not trying to make light of anybody who's ever listening to this. I'm not trying to make light of your situation, but I've had some people lose a close friend and have kind of a come to Jesus moment. And if not a come to Jesus moment to have a sanctity of life, like this is special. This is what we're doing. And it goes back to me at the sledding hill, looking up at a gray sky Listening to my children in the background next to this forest and be like, this is 
like I'm sure there's gonna be a moment where I hate these kids. Like they might be do something completely stupid. Like I've done stupid stuff to my parents, and my siblings have done stupid stuff to my parents. But at this moment, at this time, like I hear my children's voices laughing and playing in this beautiful, serene environment, and it's just heaven. Like I can't like explain it. It's so perfect and so pure. Moments before my kid wipes his nose on a snowball, throws it at me, at me. But we've only we only get so many of those moments before they're gone. Mm. And like looking back at what I did to my mom kills me because I killed two years of that. Not to say that that time apart was probably needed. And that's another tough one. My mom always says time wo- time heals all wounds. And I don't know if I agree with that. Hmm. I think I think time, if it's merciful, allows you to see the size of those wounds, especially in comparison to somebody else. This is why I'm interested to talk to Carrie Rawson, the serial killer's daughter. Like I have I have problems with my parents. <laughs> this guy killed ten people. Holy crap. <laughs> Uh, lived a double life where she didn't even know about it. And she's had to come to terms. That's nutty. That is nutty. And so, like, part of me's like, okay, I wonder what she thinks about somebody going through their petty problem with their parent or something. Like, one time my dad told me to F off. My dad killed people. Like, she wins every time. (laughs) She does. She wins every time. She does. There's a joke that Brian Regan always... You ever heard of that comedian? No, I haven't. He's got haven't. a couple specials on Netflix. They're they're decently funny. He's also a pretty clean comic, so you can watch him with your kids around. Anyway, like he talks about the one upper. There's always somebody oh, at the party yeah. that's the one upper, and he's I know always... a one upper. <laughs> and so like I know a couple of one uppers. So it's like if you got a root canal, he got two root canals. Yeah. And it's just a funny bit that he does, and he finally is just like, Man, I just wish I could travel to the moon so I can just one up everybody in the room. <laughs> I traveled to the moon. <laughs> Suck it. <laughs> what do you got? <laughs> yeah. Anywho. Oh, man. I feel like I'm, I'm trailing off into oblivion, and we need to draw the episode to a close. I've, I've picked up on a few things from my own stories um, and some of the other stuff that even in the stories that you've shared, some, some commonalities. Mm. Um. Maybe some tips on when to set up boundaries or when not to. Not that we have it all together. I mean, I'm not a pastor. <laughs> we've, we've made that clear. And maybe in the coming uh, days, maybe we'll get some people on here and we'll, we'll, we'll hash this episode out more. And I'm curious to hear other people's stories mm. and what has helped them. Um, but a couple of thoughts... Like, is the person harming you physically, mentally, verbally? Maybe there's more to that than just breaking it down to three words. Uh, might not be the best to break it down to three words, but is what they're doing, is it really affecting you? Or is it not? Like, are you just playing off some sort of grand vision of we need to restore all people, we need to fix sin, we need to eliminate sin so Jesus comes back? Kind Because of, that's kind of like, are you taking that road? Because that's the road I took and it doesn't work. And it's not worth it. Like, Jesus Jesus is going to fix all that. Like, let, let him fix it. 
um, uh, make sure the other person knows <laughs> that you have a problem with them. I can't think of how many times like I've developed a problem with an individual in my head that became more of a problem in my head than ended in in actual relationship. Yeah, but then you when by the time you actually go to that person, you're like, oh, I didn't. I'm sorry, I didn't realize. What's even worse is if you develop that problem in your head and you tell five other people, <laughs> and so now five other people, and then they tell two friends, and then they tell, tell two friends. <laughs> And all of a sudden, you've got this group of people who are hating on this person, and he never went to them directly. Well, I think there's some wisdom in what Jesus says about going to your brother and telling him his fault. Yeah. Like, go to the person first before you start spreading crap about him. Yeah. And then if that doesn't go work... Go to him humbly. Like, and then... Log and spec. If yeah. that doesn't work, then you t- then you bring two wi- two witnesses with you. You yeah. bring two people with you or something. But like how, how are you ever going to, like, if you correct them, if you don't ever tell them, like, hey, what you're doing here has an effect on me. It's really bothering me. If you never, like, have that conversation... Then it never gets fixed. I think that's part of what's polarizing people today. Yeah. Nobody talks anymore. My no. my big thing, and this is the thing that I've I've done over the years, is I have like people in my life that I talk to regularly. You're one of them. You called me the other day just to talk podcast, and I just started unloading shit on you. <laughs> you did. <laughs> I was at the store and I'm just like, Jason, let's talk some stuff, man. <laughs> And you're just like, I just called to talk about we have some interviews on the podcast. We got some logistics to work out. But Alex is getting deep. But but you were the so you were you were an ear that listened, and I've got some other other friends. You were probably my top pick. So hey. There you go, buddy. I feel special. But then there's uh there's some other guys that I've talked with just over the years and even just in recent in recent months that so Basically to just kind of help me, like, am I being crazy or am I not being crazy? And just to kind of, and I don't, and I don't have yes men in my, my crew of like guys that I listen to or women that I listen to. Like, and the same thing with Shauna. Shauna's talked to a lot of her, her girlfriends about this, a lot of wise women that she has in her, in her circle of friends. So like, I would say that, like, if it's a problem where you're getting to the point now where talking hasn't helped talking to the person maybe that you're in conflict with doesn't it's not helping and you're really finding it difficult to love them through the issues that you're having you may need to talk to some other people that you can trust that is in your circle of influence that uh if you're a christian that know jesus so they can help hold you accountable to the fact that jesus's words are true and perfect and can help you um before you make any sort of decision. Yeah, you got to take some counsel from others. Right. It, it has to, you have to. Yeah, there's there's wisdom in that and not making a rash decision. Yeah, there's another one. Don't make a rash decision. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they didn't give me what I wanted for Christmas. They're gone. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. I got a gun rack. What am I going to do with a gun rack? Oh, so we're definitely drawing this this segment of this discussion to a close, I'm really interested to hear what others have gone through, um, particularly how you overcome 
Like what, what helped you in particular situation? I'd love to hear those stories. Mm. And me too. You can reach it's not out. Just Jason, it's me too. I want to. <laughs> yeah. You can reach out to us on Facebook. Um, not your pastor's podcast. I'm sure if you search, I don't know what the actual. I think it might be NY Pastors. No, that's our, our Twitter. New York Pastors. Oh yeah, yeah. Our Twitter <laughs> is NY Pastors. And Timothy Keller and all the pastors in New York. You, I'll get you, kids. It was so <laughs> funny when we opened up that Twitter. We got so many followers from New York, just because it was NY. <laughs> Pastors, it was We're Michigan, eh? Yeah. Catch you later, eh? I think Facebook might be backslash not your pastor. Um, it's fine. Just search us. We're there. Yeah. Instagram, NYPP. Or yep. are we NY pastors on Instagram? Too? No clue. But you can find us. We're there. You'll see the yep. pictures. Uh, what you can't do is go to our website, which is Chinese porn. <laughs> it got hacked. Yeah, it Don't did. Go there. We let it lapse and is what it is. China took over <laughs> Couldn't agree more with you, Trump. Anyway, uh, Jason, as we draw this episode to a close, there are a lot of people out there that are probably going through conflict and trying to love people in their lives. I almost guarantee it, yeah. Love people in their lives that are super difficult. And we've said this on the podcast many times. You know what, you know what everybody knows what we're going to say. Let's just say it. Keep your stick on the ice. Yeah. That's, we didn't that's say it together, and I'm a little disappointed. I tried to set it up for you. You, just you did, walked. but I didn't know if you were going to say always or just keep your stick. Like Jason and I honestly mean this in the best way that we know how. We, we're in, in Christ, we want you to find the reconciliation. We want you to resolve your conflict. And the best way we know how to say that is always keep your stick on the ice. Thanks for spending some time with Alex and I today. It really does mean the world to us. If you'd like to reach out to us or participate in a future podcast, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter or at notyourpastorspodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app to catch future shows. Until then, toodles. Toodles.